Thanks so much for tuning in to NL Newsday on this Wednesday, June the 30th. It's time for me now to welcome in the mayor of Kamloops, Mr. Ken Christian. Mr. Mayor, how are you doing here today? Very good and very warm. Yes, very warm, and that's a great way to start things off here. So what is just your concern level right now when it comes to people living in and around Kamloops? I mean, this heat is, quite frankly, unbearable being outside for any period of time. I know you said in council chambers yesterday that you're expecting to hear of fatalities in the city as a result of this heat. I believe we've already seen a few. I think six is the number that I have heard at this point in time. I mean... Just how worried are you right now about the health of Kamloopsians as we go through this heat wave? Well, I'm, I'm very worried. And as I mentioned yesterday on my mayor's report at council, uh, this has gone beyond the novelty of breaking records. This is in the dangerous territory, and people need to uh, take it very, very seriously. Uh, I think uh, we need to be particularly cautious for uh, our pets, but more importantly, uh, for our kids, uh, for seniors, and for street-affected populations that don't have access to uh, the relief of air conditioning. Uh, this is a, a really dangerous time. And, uh, you know, things that you might have been able to do before and get away with, uh, you can't do now in this kind of weather. So, uh, uh, you know, the city has taken uh, efforts in terms of our own internal operations, and we've made uh, cooling stations and hydration stations available. But uh, people really need to uh, consider uh, the trips that they take and the movements that they make uh, in this kind of weather, because uh, uh, this is not what our infrastructure is built for. And and, uh, as I said yesterday, uh, you know, our water system, uh, I think yesterday, Today's numbers were uh, in and around 135 megaliters of water that we're moving around this city. Uh, you know, it's not designed uh, for this kind of consumption. And so we have to treat it very carefully uh, or something will break. Yeah. And then, I mean, you mentioned just the heat and the concerns that come with just the sheer temperatures, but we have this, you know, piling on to the COVID-19 pandemic. We got the Sparks Lake fire that's over 2,300 hectares here as of today. And I'd expect to hear that number going up in the next uh, little bit. Uh, The opioid crisis is still ongoing. I mean, there's just, it seems like thing after thing after thing is is going to cause some issues when it comes to, you know, ambulance wait times and the burden on our healthcare system. This is just all one big mess, it feels like at this point. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it. some days it does feel like that, and uh, we haven't really caught a break for a while. Uh, but, uh, you know, as I've said uh, many times, you uh, play the cards you're dealt, and, and what we need to do, uh, myself and council, is provide uh, leadership to the community through these crises. And, uh, you know, uh, we we uh, probably would have chosen an easier path if it had have been our choice, but uh, we are uh, rising to the occasion, be that uh, the, uh, the Canelops Indian residential school or the snowbirds or the pandemic or anything that, that we've had to face. So, uh, you know, we're, we're uh, doing that uh, in the best interests of the uh, citizens of Kamloops and uh, we're working hard. All right, let's get to a little bit of what happened at council yesterday and, and how fitting that the climate action plan that the city has been working on for a number of years was finally approved by council on, on the hottest day in Kamloops history yesterday. Um, you know, this has been a, a culmination of, of a lot of work. Maybe I'll just start with the timing. I mean, was it? Did you find it just a little bit bizarre that this actually came forward on on the day that you know climate change is clearly something that's top of mind? 
Yeah, I mean, I actually looked at my uh, telephone weather monitor and at the exact time that we approved that plan that's been in the making for uh, almost a decade, uh, it was 46 degrees in Kamloops, uh, the result of uh, anthropogenic uh, impacts on our environment and climate change. And uh, there's no question about that. And we were uh, faced to face with the realities of not doing anything. So uh, I thought it was fitting uh, and and, uh, a bit of cruel irony, but I think it does reinforce that the uh, eight big moves that we've identified uh, are not only nice to-dos, they are need-to-dos. And, you know, just talk a little bit about this plan itself. So we're looking to reduce emissions by 80% over 2000 levels by 2007 levels, excuse me, by 2050. The plan, I believe, has about 70% uh, of that covered and how to go about doing that, working with, you know, electric vehicles and things along those lines. But another 10% will need to be found over the course of this next 29 years. Uh, but you're obviously, like you mentioned, a decade of planning, pretty happy with the the guiding document that this is and how it will help Kamloops move through this over the next couple of decades? Yeah, you know, in reflecting on it, I mean, myself and council, we are really custodians of the governance of the operation here. And and the legacy that we will leave will be how we're measured. And, and I think we're talking about the council and mayor that will be sitting in office in 2050, and they will be set up for success if we can complete this. And if we don't, they're going to have uh, challenges beyond the ones that we were talking about earlier in terms of uh, how nature fights back. And so, uh, you know, I think uh, the, the the bold moves are, are ones that are going to be expensive. Uh, there's no question about that. The discussion yesterday, uh, Councillor Sarai, Councillor O'Reilly uh, both mentioned, uh, you know, concerns for the bottom line in terms of some of these. And, and I take that seriously. We're going to have to have partners. Uh, the provincial and federal governments are going to have to step up. But we have to... For first of all, believe that this is part of our ethos. This is part of uh, the legacy that we want to leave and uh, that uh, in doing so, we need uh, people to join the parade uh, because, uh, you know, this is serious and and, uh, this is something that I think many of the actions are quite doable uh, and uh, we need to focus on those uh, and uh, uh, take this uh, kind of incrementally and and, uh, pick ones that are good. the uh, vehicle light uh, and active transportation is one that really appeals to me on a number of fronts, uh, both in terms of reducing greenhouse gas emissions, but also creating a healthier population. And and so that, uh, you know, uh, checks off two uh, boxes on, on my checklist. The other one is this whole notion of the uh, greening the urban uh, environment and, and the urban canopy and protecting it. And so, you know, those are things that uh, I think are uh, things that we're doing fairly well at. We just need to double down uh, on our efforts uh, to be able to uh, achieve the goals uh, that are uh, stated in the plan. Uh, You mentioned how some of these uh, action items are going to be quite costly. This, to me, seems like something that can never really be deferred. I know whenever you go through the budget process, sometimes you start looking for savings. I looked to last year, right, with unforeseen circumstances due to the pandemic. And, you know, some some tough decisions had to be made. Is this something that has to be a priority, do you believe, here for the city? You can't really take a year off when you're trying to fight climate change and you have a 29-year target. This has to be something that has to remain a priority year after year after year, no matter how difficult it might be in terms of spending those dollars. 
Yeah, you know, uh, things like the step code are a good example of what you're speaking about, Jeff. I mean, uh, it is going to add uh, cost to construction. And, uh, you know, heretofore, we've always thought, uh, you know, the cheaper we can do it, the better uh, it's going to be for that industry and profitability. Uh, I think now, uh, as we convince more and more of our citizens that uh, uh, greener is better, uh, people are going to be asking for the kind of amenities that are included in a step code building. And so uh, I think that's just going to change uh, the marketplace. Uh, We see that with electric vehicles. We see that with electric bikes. We see that with a whole host of other uh, of those kinds of things that start out as being kind of expensive novelties and eventually become what people are looking for. One more thing I did want to get to from council yesterday was the city approving a food bank storage warehouse uh, along the North Shore, really close to where the Kamloops Food Bank clearly operates. You kind of can look at this as two ways. It's it's a positive in the sense that, uh, you know, the Kamloops Food Bank is getting more storage space to be able to feed people in our community. I look at that as a positive, but the fact that it's needed to me is sort of the, the pessimistic way to look at it. The fact that the, the food bank here in Kamloops is in need of this extra storage space is a little bit concerning that they are seeing more and more people uh, come through their doors. How do you look at this, and, and do you think this is something that is clearly a, an important piece of infrastructure for our community? Well, yeah, it is. And, and, you know, if you talk to Bernadette Siraki, I think she will uh, tell you that, uh, you know, her, her best a dream is that she's out of business uh, and that people don't need the food bank but the reality is that they do and so if you're going to need a food bank uh, let's build the best food bank we possibly can and I think uh, the Cannell's food bank uh, is uh, really a, a very proud history uh, uh, through former councillor uh, Spina and others that have been involved and uh, now we are known uh, throughout the region we support food banks throughout the Thompson Nicola Regional District uh, and uh, it's a going concern. And uh, if you've been over there, as myself and council have, uh, you know, you see how busy it is and how cramped they are. And uh, this is going to improve the efficiency uh, of this. And it's going to uh, be able to accept uh, goods from donors uh, and and uh, kudos to the grocery industry because they're huge contributors uh, and, uh, you know, the private sector. And it's going to allow the distribution of those goods to needy families in a much more efficient way. So it is a good news story from that perspective, but you're quite right, uh, Jeff. Uh, you know, uh, it, it would be nice that we never had to use it. Mr. Mayor, as always, thank you for the time. I know there was some talk about some new developments also at council last night, but we'll save those for another day. So appreciate your time here today. Stay cool if you can, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Thank you very much.